Hello, this is Miss Leslie Barker, the pastor's wife here at Amazing Grace Baptist Church. Thank you for joining in today. Our prayer is that the Lord will speak to your heart through His Word, and that this podcast will be a source of encouragement and a blessing to you today. Good day, ladies. Thank you for joining with me today. I'll be speaking on a little maid in today's podcast. This little maid and her story is told in 2 Kings chapter 5. I'll title this series of lessons that will go over the next several podcasts as This Little Light of Mine. This Little Light of Mine. And the text here comes from Matthew chapter 5, verses 14 through 16. You are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hid. Neither do men light a candle and put it under a bushel, but on a candlestick, and it giveth light unto all men that are in the house. Let your light so shine before men and glorify your Father which is in heaven. But as an introduction, I want us to look, first of all, whenever before we get into this little maid's life that I spoke about earlier, I want you to see the setting of where this little maid is in the scripture. But as we look here in 2 Kings chapter 5, verse 1, if you want to read along with me. Now Naaman, captain of the host of the king of Syria, was a great man with his master, and honorable, because by him the Lord had given deliverance unto Syria. He was also a mighty man in valor, but he was a leper. So first of all, we see that this Captain Naaman, in, our, in here in the text, that he was an honorable master to his king, and that he was great with his master, so he was well known. He must have been popular with the people there. And he had uh, significance in the military status. He was a captain there in um, the Syrian army. He would have been known by most people, maybe even in this day and age, that he would be given a medal of honor for his military work even. But he was a mighty man of valor. This word valor, it's another word for root word meaning strength or wealth, ability and efficiency. So when it came to warfare, this man was known for his intelligence and his ability and his strength in warfare. So Naaman, we can say that Naaman was a well-known man. But Naaman didn't know the Lord. God was working behind the scenes in his life, and we'll see that later on here um, in the scriptures. But Naaman had been used to help the Syrians conquer many victorious battles. God still can work through people in authority, even if they don't know the Lord. Just like that verse of scripture in Proverbs chapter 21, verse 1, it says, The king's heart is in the hand of the Lord. As the rivers of water, he turneth it whithersoever he willeth. He will. So Naaman was accustomed to, being, to winning. He had, like I said, helped the Syrian army win many battles. He was competitive, no doubt. Um, but there was one battle that he was losing and that was a battle with his health, and we see that in the end part of that verse 1. But he had leprosy. Leprosy was a d- disease that um, caused single lesions on the skin or many lesions. It depends on what stage of leprosy that you're in. Whatever the stage of sickness that he was in, he needed God to help him. He needed the Lord to help him. Um, These sores uh, could be over a month of time, or I don't know what stage he was in, or it could have been many years if he had had that, maybe even had left deep scars and deformities. Just depends on how long he had had this disease. 
But wherever he was in this, he still had this disease and he was in need in his life. He was in a dark place, not because of his popularity, but because of his sickness, his health. He was surrounded by idol worship here, the Syrians. So he was in darkness for one thing because he didn't know the true God, also because of his health. He knew of, the Syrians knew of many uh, idol worship gods that was man-made, but not the true living God that could help him with his sickness. So he was a well-known person, but he was in a dark place in his life. He was trying to overcome this sickness. Now let's look at this little captive girl in the scriptures that we'll look at next in verse 2. And the Syrians had gone out by companies and had brought away captive out of the land of Israel a little maid. And she waited on Naaman's wife. So this little maid here, let's look and see, just think about, when, if you break down the scriptures, I love looking at the word of God and just thinking about where these people, it's true life stories, where these people were at. Look through in between the lines in the scriptures. And these Syrians, they were in a conflict, they were in a conflict at this time with Assyria. But and also being in conflict with the nation of Israel. And so what they would do is the Syrians would time to time come on the borders of Israel and come and raid and take women and children captive as spoils of war. So as they take, they as they took these children and women, they would take them back to to uh, Syria and they would sell them. They would usually get females and then, like I said, children just because they were prizes of war because they were free labor, and also they could remarry within their nation and they can also use them, like I said, for free labor and other un inappropriate things. Also, with small children, they would use the children for labor. So this little maid here in the scripture, she had been captured in Israel, and she had become the servant of the wife of Naaman. We see this little maid was in a dark place, too. She'd been taken away from all that she knew. Just think about this. Just thinking about her fear. Fear is defined as the passion of nature which excites us to provide for our security on which the approach of evil comes. So in other words, fear is the unknown of not understanding it, the unknown of security, of not knowing what's going to happen next. But regardless of this little girl's fear, when she was sold, where she was going, who she was going to be sold to, she was no doubt sold like on an auction block whenever those, those men of war brought her over captive and brought her into Syria. They had, I'm sure, auctions and they um, would sell these women and children to the highest bidder. And so this little girl was sold to Captain Damon. And so she was probably no doubt, like I said, in fear, wondering where she was, her mother or father, how they were, where her siblings were, if they were taken captive, where they were at, how they felt, were they worried. And, and no doubt she didn't know where she was going to go, but she had the one true God in her heart. She knew the true God. She had that wisdom to know who could take care of her, not a dead idol that you could that you could take in your pocket, not an idol that's made with man-made pieces, but a true living God that created heaven and earth, created all. Second Timothy chapter 1, verse 7, a very familiar scripture says, For God hath not given us a, a spirit of fear, excuse me, but of power and of love and of, of a sound mind. 
So in 2 Timothy, we see that God hath not given us a spirit of fear. 1 John chapter 4, verse 18, There is no fear in love, but perfect love casteth out fear, because fear hath torment. He that feareth is made is not made perfect in love. So I'm sure this little girl was fearful, but that was changed. Later we'll see in the scripture that that fear became um, washed away whenever she thought about the God's love in her life and that what she had been prepared for in her life that she looked back upon the one true God that could help her in her circumstances. So she wasn't a bad, dark circumstance. She was in a dark place. She was taken from a place that worshipped the true God of her surroundings with her family, securities. Everybody likes to be around their family, or for the most part, if you have a good family, when you have that security, when you're a child, a child likes securities. But she was taken out of that into a place of not, under, of, under, of not understanding where she was at. Of a place, a culture that was totally different. The Syrians, like I said before, they were idol worshipers and that they worshiped different gods. Not true gods, but man-made images. And so when she came over to this country, everything was different. It was fearful because there was people around her that was different. Their languages, I'm sure, was different. They, they, um, they just with the custom, they were different where she was at. But she had to lean upon the Lord and His understanding, not her own. So first of all, we see with this little girl in her life where she's at. God had a purpose for her. Now, just like with this little girl, God has a purpose for all of our lives. We just need to realize that every day, God has a purpose for us, each and every day. Let's look, look in verse 3 here. And she said unto her mistress, Would God, my Lord, were with the prophet that is in Samaria? Exclamation point. For he would recover him of his leprosy. So we see, I'm not sure how long it was that this little girl was held captive. And once she was taken in Syria, I'm not sure how long she had been living here with this family, with Captain Naaman and his wife. But she was coming to a dark place in her life, but yet she let her light shine. She, God had a purpose for this little girl. This little girl, like I said, was in a dark place, but she chose to let her sh light shine before men. Though, you know, we face... All of us face different circumstances every day in our life. Some days worse than others. And he's guiding our past and we must trust. Many things are not understood here in this earth, here in this life. Now when I look back and see many different circumstances that Jonathan and I had been through in our marriage. But I look back and think God had his hand in our life and used it for good and his glory. We must trust from day to day and not lean to our own understanding that Makes me think of that verse, Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5 and 6. It says, trust in the Lord with all thine heart. Not some of thy heart, not partially, but trust in the Lord with all thine heart. And lean not unto thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy paths. So if you look up that word acknowledge, to acknowledge him, that just means to know to know who God is, to know him. If you look up the word direct, thy paths, that little phrase, it means to make smooth. So no matter what befalls our day, that we just have to trust in the Lord and lean not to our own understanding because some things are not to be understood. 
Just like this little girl, I'm sure she thought, I don't understand why I've been taken away from my mom and daddy, from my siblings, whatever. Why do I have to be taken away? Why couldn't they have taken somebody else? Or why couldn't they just been content with their own people and not taken anybody away from, from Israel? It was a place of not understanding. But when we're in that place, we need to lean under his understanding and acknowledge him. That means look at him and everything. And then even when we don't understand circumstances and they may be bumpy roads, he can make the path smooth through his help. I think about whenever I look at this verse, I think about Bridget, Bridget Jenkins' testimony. And this was a, a preacher's wife out of our church. Brother Josh is now pastor another church and the Lord has given him another wife. So the Lord's blessed his ministry, and he's such a blessing in his family. But Bridget, when she was here, she was diagnosed with ALS. And I remember the day we went to their house, whenever after they got back from the doctor that day, we knew that she had had pretty quickly a lot of physical problems come up really quickly. She was very healthy. She was an active runner every day. She ate healthy. And so it was a place of misunderstanding, not understanding where she was at. And the doctor, with a series of tests, ruled many things out, and she was diagnosed with ALS. Whenever we went to their house that day, there was not a lot Jonathan and I could say. It was a place of of misunderstanding. It was a place of not understanding, a place of, of uh, a dark place. She was in a dark place. Their family was in a hard place in their life. But Bridget, the Lord gave Bridget this verse. It's actually on her tombstone. This became her life verse that she was going to trust in the Lord with all her heart. And she was not going to lean to her own understanding. She didn't understand why she had ALS. There's some things we will never understand. But in all her ways, no doubt, she acknowledged him. I saw it in her life, especially day to day. She grew closer to the Lord. That was her best friend and who helped her day to day. And he directed her paths till the end. He helped her. Remember her number one uh, scare, I know the one thing that she worried about more than anything was her children because she was a good mother. But the Lord gave her peace. I remember her calling me and talking to me one day and telling me that the Lord had given her peace, that everything was going to be okay, that her boys were going to be fine. The Lord was going to take care of them. But because the Lord entrusted her life, even though she didn't understand, in the Lord's hands, he gave her and directed her paths and that she touched many, many, many people's lives and still is today with her testimony because she allowed the Lord to direct her paths when she was here. But through this pandemic, many families, if you look, can look also, many families are going through times they had never experienced. But we have to all realize that the Lord is control. None of this has taken him by surprise. We see examples in the scripture also of those used in God's plan and purpose. You know, this little maid, like I said, was taken away from her family, her culture, her friends, her comfort. Her, she was in a place of uncertainty. But just like Joseph, he was not doing anything wrong, but he was taken from his blood family and sold into slavery in a foreign place by his family, his brothers. So he was in a place that he didn't understand. God has a way of using little things to accomplish his will and bring glory to himself. You know, yourself at Joseph, his story that he came to save his whole family from starvation and that the Lord had a plan for Joseph's life because he yielded his life to the Lord. 
we look at other places in scriptures, like the little boy with a lunch feeding thousands. He yielded his lunch and his what he had, and the Lord made multiplied it. What about Moses and that rod in his hands? God used that to help because that's what he had in his hands. That's what Moses had. He yielded it to God. He used a handful. God used a handful of meal and a little oil to provide for a widow. God used a small stone in the hands of a shepherd boy named David to conquer a giant. So God can use whatever he wants in the means of somebody that's yielded their life to him. We need to all remember that. I know many times I think my life is insignificant. There's so many more things I want to do for the Lord, but that's not up to us. We can't mold and make our day according to what we think it should be. We just have to yield it to him each and every day. And I really believe that this little girl in history, that's what she did. She couldn't change her obstacle in her life, her circumstance, but God had a plan for her and she yielded her life to him. Paul says in... 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 27 and through 29, it says, But God hath chosen the foolish things of the world to confound the wise. And God hath chosen the weak things of the world to confound the things which are mighty. And base things of the world which are despised, God hath chosen, yea, and things which are not to bring to naught things that are, that no flesh should glory in his presence. See, this little maid was just a servant. We'll see later in the scriptures here how God used just her words, just her knowledge of what she had been taught growing up to help change the life of this house. Just because she had yielded and let her light shine. So many things we think we don't have anything in our hands to give to the Lord. Just like I gave those examples in the scriptures, we may not have anything, but God does. And God can use a will and vessel for his glory and his honor. May we trust each one of us. May we trust our lives that we give to and trust our lives with him every day. Give our lives. We need to all of us give our lives each and every day to the Lord and yield our lives daily to him because he has a purpose for us each day. We're not going to know what each day holds for us, but he sure does. He knows what each day needs to be used for his glory and honor. So that's just a little glimpse, starting out, just a little taste, just that first section, just to start off, just letting you know about Naaman and where he's at and his life. Now, he's in a dark place, but also this little maid that she's in a dark place, but she wants to let her light shine, and God has a purpose. Now, as this podcast, as I, as I end this podcast, I just want to encourage you that wherever you're at, God has a purpose in your life. We need to let our light shine every day. We're going to look more into her life next time. I'm excited to look specifically about different things and how she was able to give her, let her light shine. But um, let's today be a light to somebody that we're in contact with because we do have the light and that we don't need to hide it under a bushel. We need to let it shine with his light. Thank you again for joining in with us today. Hope you have a great day.